Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. We are going to talk about Terror of the Zygons, but before I do that, I would like to welcome in my good friend, Taylor. Taylor, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, John. It's been a, a productive weekend, a little sore from it, but uh, all is good in, in our household. How about yourself? I'm doing, um, I'm doing pretty good. I went to yeah. a, um, yeah, I went to a wedding yesterday, had a, a very, very good time. And uh, actually, in the process of attending that wedding, I found out that someone at that wedding has been secretly listening to Podcastica. <gasps> hello, secret listener. Uh, her name is Shannon, and uh, hello, Shannon. Um, and then as soon as I found that out, I said, why didn't you say anything? And we had like a small, well, not a small conversation. We had a very long conversation about Doctor Who. And, nice. um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. It made me, reg- and I told her I almost brought my Capaldi screwdriver, but I didn't think anyone would, would get it. Cause I couldn't remember if she or her husband, Marshall, who I've known since high school hmm. had watched Dr. Who. So yeah, I forgot to bring it Aww. and I probably should have in a retrospect, but oh well. Yeah. So That's she fun. listens to the show and, um, Hi. hello. It makes me very happy. I I was very taken aback by it because usually, you know, someone will be like, hey, I want to listen to your podcast. But she was listening to it in secret. Oh, I can just imagine Coward in a closet with a box of Cheez-Its and <laughs> listening. To, I, I don't know why I thought Cheez-Its. That's just what popped into my Cheez-Its head. actually sound pretty good right now. I'm not going to lie they? to you. Yeah. Oh, totally. boy. So before we get to Terror of the Zygons, uh, we have some Who News. We do. We have a decent, well, some some nice little who news here. Yeah, not not as massive, but I, I think the news is, is pretty exciting news. Um, so a very, I I think of this actor as, as being very famous because I was brought up watching like uh, Masterpiece Theater and a bunch of uh, the mystery shows that PBS would air. So. And I don't know if you did, John. I don't know if you were exposed I did not, no. to that. Okay, th- there was a, a very uh, famous one that, oh gosh, my folks just were completely enamored with called Poirot. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it followed the the uh, adventures of a Belgian detective by the name of Hercule Poirot. Um, or as, you know, we would say in English, Poirot, and you'd be like, who, who's Poirot (laughs) because of the spelling. Um, but the, the actor who played him is a gentleman named David Suchet and, um, uh, the official Doctor Who social media has tweeted out a somewhat interesting picture of David Suchet, who is going to be in uh, the season 10 episode uh, written by Mike Bartlett. Um, judging by the filming schedule, I'm guessing this is probably episode three or four. Okay. Uh, but this is really exciting because this is one of the, I mean, this is like the, for me, this is like the equivalent of having uh, like Judy Dench or something. Oh, wow. Uh, on Doctor Who. I mean, this this is a big thing, but I also grew up seeing him on the screen and knowing him as an actor and he's a great actor he's playing a character simply called the landlord huh mm. Mm. um and i saw a kind of an interesting and very speculative um 
breakdown of the picture uh, by the Radio Times where really it was just, I, I, it was two pages of just looking at things and guessing things. Is he a Time Lord? Is he not a Time Lord? Is he something else? Is the door really that he's standing in front of? Is it really leading to a building, or could this be his target? <laughs> like, oh, uh, thank you, Radio Times. Well, I mean, when we get something Doctor Who nowadays, we have to analyze it because we won't know until next year. Precisely. So, I mean, some somebody's like, man, I better write two pages, or I might not have a job soon. <laughs> probably I've, right. I've, I've, I've and he probably looked at just like a discussion thread somewhere it's like here's what these people are saying i'm going to use these words as my own might as well and well no because that's plagiarism so probably (laughs) probably don't do that borrow the ideas oh boy so that's cool i mean at least we have some season 10 news there that's that's very interesting and this next note is about class yes and and not only do we have kind of a better understanding kind of what it's going to be like, but we also know at least what month it will debut in. Yeah. Um, so uh, speaking with Empire Magazine, uh, Patrick Ness makes it sound like class is going to be a lot like Torchwood in some ways, uh, but without all the sexy times. <laughs> that Yeah, I think that would be a little awkward for the setting we would uh, be going towards. Just a bit. Uh, just a bit. Um, and the article, and I've, I've got a link we'll stick in the show notes, um, kind of describes it as, well, you know, the doctor has been to, uh, Cole Hill school and around this, this area so much that it's created a rift. Sound familiar? Ah, yes. Through which, you know, all sorts of things can tumble through. And not only that, but. Well, if we're going to compare it to Torchwood, we also have an openly out uh, gay lead. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I remember so that was... Um... Jack and... Um, oh, gosh, I forget the name of the lead character in class, but... I can't remember either. <laughs> I, that's okay. That's sorry, whoever you are. We forgot, but... We're happy you're there, here, but... <laughs> we are happy you're here, and, and, and hopefully, despite my gut instinct of, like, Oh gosh! Please don't tell me you're copying Torchwood and trying to make it for teens. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that, though. It, it does, but it, in that same breath, I've seen lots of shows compared to other shows. I mean, like when Wayward Pines first, the idea of Wayward Pines first came out, everybody's like, "Oh, it's going to be like Twin Peaks," and it's nothing like Twin. Peaks. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that when Class does come out, which it will be premiering in October. Yeah, so we um we get a little who spinoff here in in this year, which is nice. Yeah, we get a little something, and you know, I will certainly I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I will certainly give it a try. Yeah, see what I think. It'll be something nice to kind of fill the 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 last gap of the wilderness year here. <laughs> yeah, I mean we di- I mean we've been. We talk about like oh it's you know we still got to wait till next year. We're a good portion through this year. Yeah, we we've <laughs> only what got another it's a, three three and a half. Yeah, about four months left. Yeah, until twenty seventeen. Good God, I can't believe where this year has gone. Do I really <laughs> have to turn forty next month? I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, you do. If I have to. 
Okay. You do. All right. Please turn 40. Let's go with that. All right. Aw. <laughs> Thanks. Just hit that even number. Uh, I got a thing for the even numbers, do you? I don't know. No, I really don't, because I'm actually the third, so... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You've got your other two clones running around out there. Yeah, somewhere. Somewhere they're uh, out there. I'm not sure where, but... All right. So, this uh-huh. week, we watched Terror of the Zygons, is starring Tom Baker as the Doctor, Liz Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith, Ian Martyr as Harry Sullivan, and Nicholas Courtney as the Brigadier. It was written by Robert Banks Stewart and directed by Douglas Camfield, and it first aired August 30th to September 20th, 1975. And um, uh, yeah. we got a whole, well, no, we got we got some story notes for you. Yeah. Yeah, not as jam-packed as it was last time. So the the first note here is uh, this yeah. story had a couple of working titles. It was uh, Loch Ness, The Secret of Loch, Secret of Loch Ness, The Loch Ness Monster, and The Zygons. Now, is that one title, The Loch Ness Monster and The Zygons? I, I don't know because this is the importance of commas. Yeah, right? <laughs> because it could be The Loch Ness Monster and then just call it The Zygons. Or it could be the Loch Ness Monster and the Zygon. I don't know. I th- I would like to think the latter. I'd like to think that it all just ran together and it was one ginormous title because it sounds better. I think that's probably what it is. I hope so. But yeah, um, people listening, commas are indeed important. Take it from us. At least I'm a grammarian and John... I just know. <laughs> he just knows. <laughs> I just know that you need that comma there. So, Taylor, why don't you take the next note here? Yeah, for sure. Um, So the departure of Harry, while Sarah Jane Smith remains with the Doctor, marks one of only two incontrovertible times in the televised classic series that a companion, who had already been with the Doctor before another one joins, remains with him after the second companion leaves. Uh, Jamie arrived before Victoria Waterfield and remained after her departure. Uh, That was the other one. Two other arguable examples would be Katerina and Sarah Kingdom, who weren't with the Doctor very long and ended up dying. Mm. Uh, Generally, the Doctor's roster of companions revolves fairly consistently. Huh. That is is very... I did not know that. I I didn't either, quite honestly. And I guess that's true. I can't really think of any other times off the top of my head where, you know, Companion A sticks around while companion B comes in and then leaves and then A is still there. Yeah, I don't think we definitely have not gotten that in the modern series, that's for sure. No. No, that's for sure. And I can't think of I can't think of anything in the classic. Oh, that is a a interesting note. So this third file, note here. File that Ooh. away. File that away for who trivia some night. Yes, there, there you go. The hard who tri- trivia. Maybe that'll be at Gallifrey. We'll see. Yeah. So this third note here. In the Zygon invasion, according to the Brigadier's daughter, a naval surgeon created the gas Z-67, designed to be specifically fatal to Zygons shortly after the, the Doctor and Sarah Jane left. However... Somebody with a TARDIS would later confiscate that weapon. That's right. Look at that. Throwing it <laughs> back. There is, and, and I'll I'll say this just in short detail now and then say it in bigger detail later, but having 
watched Terror of the Zygons after the Zygon stories we got in uh, uh, season the nine. last season. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am really impressed with the connections between the two, but we will touch on those. Yes, yes, we will indeed. And as always, Taylor, you have a world-famous synopsis for us. Oh, Lordy, and this is a corker of a synopsis. <laughs> um, in a story that both opens and closes with jokes at the expense, at the expense of the Scots, the Doctor... Harry and Sarah Jane find themselves helping Unit defeat a radical environmental group of shapeshifters determined to take over the world by using a cyborg that's part sea monster, part chupacabra to destroy oil rigs in Bonnie, Scotland. Yeah, um, well, I mean, that last sentence, I, for the most part, when we would see the uh, the monster... Mm-hmm. thought that yeah it kind of looked like the ch- like the chupacabra or kind of just like a really disfigured dog yes it kind of looked like this emaciated almost um i want to say like dried out mummified looking yes. kind of dog head yes that's exactly but, what but i mean we will talk about that a little later but um I think the first thing I want to I want to mention right off the bat here is man somebody worked really hard on that model. I know, right? And it just went to waste. It just exploded. That just fell is, over. That is the curse of people who do practical effects, I think. Yeah. You know, they they make all these scale models, the Jaggeroth <laughs> ship. Oh, I yes. think of City of Death and boom, it just all gets blown up. But what is the fastest way to tell the audience what country you're in. I guess I would just assume maybe um, an accent or just saying it. Or I was going to say make a joke about their food. That too, yes. Because the, like, the very first thing the radio operator says is, hey, can you get them to send some haggis? <laughs> Gosh, I wonder where we are. I wonder where we are indeed. Um, I will say, like, so we open up on the on this rig and we hear a weird sound effecty noise and the rig is destroyed and i'm i'm going to tell you it looked kind well, i mean it looked pretty cool with the rig falling over and the moon in the background kind of just shining mm-hmm. i thought that was a very cool visual yeah i think throughout this when they've had to work with scale they actually if there was a an episode in this season that the bbc probably dumped the most money into it probably was this one oh yeah and i have a question about that later and i mean if they did dump a bunch of money into this episode there are some scenes a little later that would make sense as to where some of the money went yes um a little different look for Do- tom baker in the beginning yes as we are i guess just not using the tardis we're just... Um, or or they had already landed and they're they're hiking their way up through through the heather. I presume that's what that is. I guess, yeah. As uh, yeah, uh, the doctor is you know dressed a bit uh, a bit more Scottish, but we also see Harry wearing the scarf and Sarah Jane wearing the hat. Yes, which I thought was a very a very nice touch. And he was wearing he was wearing some sort of a hat, and he was wearing like a um a plaid scarf. Yes. Exactly. Which I thought was, maybe that was also, if we didn't get where we were the first time, the second time around, in a more visual fashion, we would understand where we were. (laughs) This would would more drive it home. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) And uh, I like when, so they're, they're, you know, they're kind of in the middle of nowhere, and they see this 
this car pulling up and they kind of wave the car down and they go up to the window and this guy who we, I mean, we will find out who he is a little later. He seems Uh really annoyed that he stopped and asked them if they wanted a lift. I'm like, yes, you're not obligated to stop for these people. (laughs) Right. He just seemed very put off. He's like, Oh, so do you want a lift? Like you don't have to, you don't have to talk to these people. Just drive on past them. If it's, going to be such a big problem for you exactly exactly and then how how delightful is it to be like oh look it's the brigadier uh, and was, it's Sergeant benton yeah i was so happy when i saw that little unit sticker and oh. benton who um i have actually met him i have a picture with him have you really oh that's awesome he was at i think the very first gallifrey i went to and this was when Gallifrey was like real low key. Uh huh. And he was just walking around talking to people. And oh, that's so cool. we, at the time, I did not know who he was, but because he was so, you know, kind and he's like, oh, let's take a picture. And I, you know, I was in the classic series and I did this and da da da. And I was like, oh, I need to go watch some episodes he's in. And he's fantastic. Wow. So. That's so cool. Yeah, I'll I'll dig up that picture. I'll uh, I'll post it. I'd love to see that. For yeah, sure. I'm sure our listeners would too. It's yes. Yeah, so it was very awesome to see Unit. I always like. I mean, I like Unit in general. I like the you know the modern and the mm-hmm. classic. I think they they serve their purpose well. Oh, definitely. And um, I I guess the Doctor has been summoned via. I guess it's Psychic oh, Link. Okay. Yeah, some sort of psionic. Oh, shoot, I forget what exactly it was called, but yes. And it was one of those things where it was like, Brigadier, I, I gave that to you only to use in emergencies. And, you know, you've called me here because oil rigs are falling over or something. Yeah, he, like they, they first get into um, the room where the unit is operating out of where if and if you still didn't know where we were by now, there is a <laughs> caretaker playing the bagpipes. Who we actually yes. never see this person, now that I think about it. I Do we not for sure, or is that actually Angus? Oh, is it Angus? I don't think it is. It might, um, shoot. You know what, it might not be. Angus might just work there. I think he's, uh, yeah, I think he just works there. And I've watched these four episodes over two separate nights, so these, these earlier ones I'm, I'm now a little <laughs> uncertain. Well, like like most classic Who, when you get a four episode, they kind of take their time a little bit more. They do. Um, so, you know, you might miss some stuff every now and then because they're taking their good old sweet time, which, I, <laughs> you know, I uh, did. I It was fine in this one. I mean. It was. There's some where it's like, oh, boy, what is going on? But <laughs> I thought the pacing in this one. I, someday when we watch Classic Who, I will stop mentioning the pacing of episodes. I promise. We'll see. We'll see, yeah. Um, so the Doctor really just wants Brig to get to the point. Because the yep. Brig is just like, and here's this oil rig, and the oil rig was made. And he's like, can you just get to the point, please? What What am I doing here? What is going on? And we find out that oil rigs are mysteriously being destroyed, and all of the crew is missing. Well, I mean, they're not missing. They're dead. Let's be real. Um, yeah. And... They're like, what's up with that? We don't know. And we also, I think we also in this part, we meet Mr. Huckle. Yes. Who has probably the, the least threatening name. Mr. Uh, Huckle. 
Mr. Huckle, who also Richard Scary books from when I was a kid. <laughs> yes, he um, he worked on the Apple Plane, I believe. <laughs> yes, right. Yes, uh, and um, now he. I don't know about you, John, but he definitely seemed as though he at least had an American accent. Um, kind of. I mean, Mr. Huckle, we didn't really, I feel like he went away after a while. I think feel like maybe we saw him like a once or twice more, right? Uh, we did a little bit, but I, I think he's in charge of, um, uh, the folks working out on the platforms because he's obviously, he's really concerned about these people, but at the same time, he's got a really bad, um, balding starting yes <laughs> and he looks kind of like he'd be a drunk redneck <laughs> he does maybe we should and, have looked him I, up w- maybe we should have but i didn't maybe he was in the dukes of hazard that would have been hilarious we know we'll, ne- we'll never know i mean <laughs> we'll know at some point but not right now no. and so we're kind of hanging out around where unit is operating and this is when we meet um we meet Agnes. No, not Agnes. No, Angus. This is when we... Boy, I, I might be dyslexic. Anyway, we'll cut this part out. This is where we meet Ag... Oh, I'm going to say it again. This is where we meet Angus. And in this scene... And I I think we've watched maybe one or two Sarah Jane adventures with the Doctor. Mm-hmm. In this scene, I was getting a really hard Clara vibe. Really? I was, really hard. Yeah. Vibe, I was just like watching her and her, her acting, and I was like, this is just, this seems a lot like something Clara would do. Just how hmm. she was talking to Angus and, you know, kind of making little jokes, but then the joke's not hitting, and she's like, all right, fine, it's time to get serious. What's going on here? <laughs> okay. Okay. I will give you that. I will definitely give you that. And I, I found it. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Oh well, oh, uh, no, I was also talking uh, when I was at the wedding last night. Um, apparently, they um, well, Shannon was not completely sold on Capaldi as the Doctor, and um, her husband Marshall was like, "Well, Capaldi for me is he has a lot of Tom Baker in him," and I was like, "Huh, you know what? I never really thought of that." So. I kind of, when I would watch the scenes where it was just Sarah Jane and Tom Baker, I was mm-hmm. like, yes, you know what? I can see this connection a lot. Like, it, it there, it's, it is very Clara Capaldi-ish. I can see that. I, I, I can definitely see that. Um, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. So I, I was just getting a really big Clara vibe off of that. Oh, and actually, um, Angus, his real name? actually angus yeah i had to uh i i made a point of looking that up because for some reason and i still to this moment can't pinpoint what something about angus um just his facial features his mannerisms something reminds me so much of simon Pegg. oh and i was like why is this driving me nuts is this like a relative of his and it's just so i went to imdb while i was watching and i looked it up and i'm like Oh, his name is Angus. Yes. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. But I, beyond that, I don't know what, in just looking at him 
as a character or as an actor goes, this is Simon Pegg. <laughs> I know yeah. it's not, but that's what my mind keeps saying. Yeah, I, I, no, I'm, I'm with you there. I get a lot of vibes going on in this scene. There are a lot of vibes. So many vibes from the past. My goodness. Um, I will say we during this scene we get the uh, Zygon vision. Uh, yeah, what is the aspect ratio of a Zygon TV? Because that is a really weird shape. Yeah, they're getting a lot of. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, somebody somebody needs to be fired for that. <laughs> And where on earth do they have their camera? This is like this is like Spaceballs watching Spaceballs. I'm yeah. like, okay, there's no – where are you putting the – I don't get it. Yeah, yes. it's it's we'll strange because it it's in this scene in, in this room. I mean, we'll get to it a little later. And then in another room, and I feel like outside at one point. So it's like where are where are these cameras? Where are you how how are we seeing this? And at one point I thought I mean, we'll get to it. I thought that maybe there was a guard in the room that we weren't seeing that they could see through the eyes of or something. Mm-hmm. But well, at least, yes. that was not the case. And also, um Angus does not appreciate jokes. That's where he she was trying to make jokes about the um the deer head on the wall and he was not having it. That's right. Because it was a gift from the the driver and we haven't really talked about the driver um because I can't remember his name, but he basically is like he runs he owns most of the land that this is taking place on, yeah, and he seems like according to the people that work there he is uh he's not a very nice person no he does he he is a bit of a grumper puss it seems yeah, very much so, and it when he drops them off, like he drops the kids off at school, he comes in and he says, hey, if any of your guys go on my property again, I'm going to have them shot. And it's like, that seems like a very, like, not cool reaction. I mean, they're, I don't know right. what they're doing. I don't know what they're, why they'd be on the land in the first place, but, I mean, you could just politely ask them to leave. Or put up a fence. Come on. Yeah. You seem right? like a rich individual. Get a fence. Anyway, we um, <laughs> a man washes up on the shore. We, you know, we're jumping around as classic who does. We got to introduce characters. We got to do all that stuff. Yep, especially in the first episode. Yes, and this man washes up on the shore, and he is the the man who was a- asking for um, Agus. He was asking for the Agus in the first scene. He is our radio operator. Yep, and he is kind of like so so. I don't know how how I expected a man that washed up on shore to walk, but I feel like it wasn't like a zombie. That could just be me, but I'm sure he's exhausted. So I, I would be. I just I don't I don't understand. Um, I I was just <laughs> like I I don't know what's going on. So it's in the scene that Harry's just you know walking around for whatever reason, and. Yes, and we see this bearded Scottish fellow, as I called him. Yeah. Well, as and as I called him, I'm like, look, it's the big red bearded dude from Game of Thrones. Uh, yes, he did, and he kind of also, in some scenes, looked like he might, in another life or in this life, play Santa. <laughs> yes, were his beard <laughs> completely white? I could see that. Yes, 
So this this man is frightening. He is carrying what appears to be a sniper rifle, and he's just uh, gallivanting yeah. across the land looking for people to shoot. And you know, <laughs> as one does. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yes. <laughs> They've clearly gone on to his property. He's going to shoot them. So this this guy, the guy coming out of the water, the ra- uh, radio operator, he falls like he's like you know zombie walking and he tumbles down a hill and Harry sees him and he goes to like be like hey man what's what's going on and rather than actually surveying the situation the uh, bearded Scottish man shoots the guy before he can finish um, telling Harry what happened and then Harry proceeds to shoot or get shot by the Scottish man and I'm like oh my god they're both dead but this is how he leaves he was just murdered Luckily, he only gets winged. Yes, which, I mean, this guy seemed like a pretty good shot, so why did he not just shoot that guy? I don't know. Well, and you see, I mean, I I think actually uh, uh, Harry gets grazed across the forehead. He was going for a headshot. Yes. So, yeah, he just missed. And we, I think at, at some point in this episode, if I'm skipping over anything, uh, you know, feel free to just... Oh, I'll grab you and pull you back. All right, cool. Um, let me tell you right now, uh, I'm not sure I want a Zygon sensual massage. I'm just going to tell you <laughs> that right now. Um, the the Zygons massaging these controls is just making me very uncomfortable. Um, it, there is something... Yeah, there's something happening on another level. I just feel like with all that. the controls were supposed to move... But someone in the prop department didn't get the memo and just thought they were just supposed to be still and not have the ability yeah. to move. And they're like, well, what do we do with this? And then that just must have been the most awkward filming of scenes ever. It it was any any time where we're, we're on the Zygon ship and they're manipulating controls. It always seems like they do an extreme close up. <laughs> yes. It. Yes. It's like. Ooh, feel this knob. And it's like, <laughs> I, okay. I'm like, this so, doesn't, um, this doesn't seem like Doctor Who. Did I, are we watching something else? <laughs> now I feel like I'm going to have to take one of those scenes and put a little Bow Chicka Bow Wow music behind it. It seemed like, uh, yeah, I, I, I was, what? I, I was so yeah, it, it, just confused. It, it 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 was and um yeah that that was a little unusual. What else was a little unusual was when they cut back to I think it's I think it's actually a pub or a tavern or something that a unit is operating out of and the phone rings and Sarah Jane answers it and proceeds to do a Scottish accent. Yes, to Just... which I really 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 wish the doctor would have turned her and go no no don't. Don't. <laughs> I think that was his initial reaction. Is what are you doing? I right, but to have that connection, yeah, then four and ten would have been just brilliant. <laughs> I actually was kind of impressed by the Zygon design of 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 everything, not just of the costumes, but you know of their ship and stuff. Yeah, um, they they put some thought into that. The, the Zygon design didn't really change much from this to uh, last season. Right. And, um, I mean, it cha- you know, they clearly, 
special effects and makeup have, have gotten better and I would hope easier to do, but they didn't really change much. I mean, the voices didn't really even change much. And Oh, my gosh, the voices. It, you know, the voices, I, I had a flashback to the Olympic episode with David Tennant. Yeah. Um, with that girl, yeah. the whispering girl. But yeah. this was it, it was slightly annoying, but I could still understand everything they were saying. I I could too, but I, I feel like the stage direction for this would be like, Okay, we need to make them sound like monsters, so how about we just have them act as though they're angrily whispering to each other? Yes. They're really pissed off, but there's like a baby sleeping in the other room and they can't wake it up. So they have to angrily whisper at each other. Yes. At at one point, the I believe the doctor says um, to, I think it's Benton, why why are we whispering? And I think yes. that is just a, uh, a, that's what I would say throughout this episode. Why are we whispering? <laughs> completely, completely agree with that. So we go to Harry's bedside. Yes. And we're trying to wake up a man who's just been shot in the head. Um, <laughs> like very Shut much so. It's like can just give him some head. time. Yeah, and Sarah Jane stays with Harry, and the doctor. I believe he just he's like, well, I I better go do something else. And well, yeah, because I think I think the doctor had like uh, I I can't remember if they dug up a chunk of ground and then he took this plastered casting. Oh, yeah, kind of like like. They were trying to get like a big footprint, but obviously this isn't big foot. Yeah. It's teeth. Yes. To which he calls it adventure adventures in orthodontology, <laughs> which I thought would make a great alternative title. That one's very good as well. <laughs> Mine is a sensual Zygon massage. Which I actually kinda like better, honestly. <laughs> good lord. <laughs> yeah, so Sarah Jane's hanging out, and at my first instinct with this nurse is she's a Zygon, isn't she? Like, immediately. Her bedside manner is not very good. I, you know what, I should have gone there first. For whatever reason, through this whole first episode, I completely forgot that the Zygons were shapeshifters. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, stern nurse is stern. Yes. And so I just call, started calling her Nurse Stern. Oh. I like that name. Until I realized she was a Zygon. Yes. And uh, the Zygon, a Zygon attacks Sarah Jane Smith, um, and that is how part one ends. And I believe they take they take them separately. So the, Z- the Zygons take Sarah Jane Smith some... No, yeah, they take her somewhere else, and then the, the doctor... Because he's on the phone with her. Yes. And she does, as most episodes end, a scream. And Quite a scream. The doctor, he goes with, I, I'm pretty sure it's the Brigadier. It could be Benton. I'm not sure. Or both of them. And they go back to the hospital room, and the nurse says, oh, he went out the window. And it's, <laughs> like, it's like, what? Yeah, he's gone. Well, where's Sarah Jane? Ah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because they, they, they took Harry to the ship. Yes. Because and they took he... Sarah Jane to, like, a like a hyperbaric chamber thing in the hospital. Yeah, it was some, I can't remember what she, she said it was for people, was it for, it, the room was for, it It was always locked, but it was also for people who were, it was the, for the deep sea divers. Yeah, like if they come up and they get the bends or something. Yeah. 
um, and they need to kind of balance the uh, like ox- oxygen equilibrium. Yeah. Somebody out there is a diver is just crapping himself <laughs> in my description of this. We only watch TV shows. We have no other knowledge. And for some reason, this <laughs> this 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 chamber that they put Sarah Jane in also has some of the tiniest valve knobs I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, right. Not necessarily good for Zygon hands, I don't think. So the doctor locates Sarah Jane Smith and then himself gets locked in that room as well. Yes. So they are both locked in this room. And <laughs> um, I think it's around this time that Harry is, he's in that ship and we find out that the leader's name is Broton. <laughs> what up, bro? And uh... I immediately laughed um, because, <laughs> you know, bro has a different meaning now. It does. And he did not seem like much of a bro. No, not so much. And if it was a bro, it was definitely a douchey bro. Yes. And for some reason, it's like, oh, this hair. They kidnap him because he knows too much. But then they tell him everything. <laughs> now he really knows. <laughs> now he knows everything. And I have to say, I'm, I feel bad for whoever played Zygon number two in that room because he definitely did not get the better makeup job like they, they oh, paid no. more attention to broton yeah and they did the other guy you can kind of like see the face staying still and like the mouth <laughs> the mouth and the chin behind it moving around and yeah like, he okay, was guys. like cyberman number six in the original that's right that's right we're like they'd run out of masks so we're just going to paint your face silver yeah and put some dark circles around your eyes oh <laughs> oh well yeah, and we get the uh, Zygon view screen. Yo. <laughs> and this is uh-huh. where the ultimate weapon is revealed, uh, Scarison, which, um, as we described at the beginning here, looks like um, the Chupacabra. He does. I did like. Yeah, I, I I did really appreciate the um, the first images of the face, and it's like, hey, how's it going? And then just kind of <laughs> goes yes! on by. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, because... I feel like so often when I watch, my reactions are very like, okay, this this is going to make no sense on a podcast because I'm basically pulling an MST3K on this because all I heard in my head when it was the view screen came on and he came by, this big old grin is like, hey, what's happening, guys? <laughs> That's all I heard in my head. And I'm like, this is going to make no sense on a podcast, but you had the same thoughts. So yes. God love you for that. <laughs> we know, we come from the same Riff Tracks MST3K uh, community. We, so. we do. Um, and uh, Scarison has been upgraded into an armored cyborg and has been sent here to destroy oil rigs. <laughs> all right. You would think Greenpeace would be all over that. Yeah, you'd, you'd think. I mean, th- this, we get the reveal, and then we get um, the air is being sucked out of the room that the Doctor and Sarah Jane Smith are in. And Can the, we talk about this scene, please? Yeah, we're, we're oh, oh we're, my gosh. Because I, I was like, I had to watch it twice, because I was like, did I miss something? Like, what is, what is going on? So the air is being removed from this room. Sarah Jane is freaking out. The Doctor does mm-hmm. some weird, like, he's like, talking to her and he's like you feel nothing and yep. you know uh, just my be, yes like hypnotizing her the hypno doctor and then he goes oh and then it's like what is happening 
yeah, he lets out this like crazy howl. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, my note is just, oh, and then what? And yeah, yeah. (laughs) So Benton and uh, one of the unit people, they're walking around looking for the doctor. And I love that this place just, uh, the room that they're in just had blinds. Yeah. Yeah, nice Venetian blinds. And he opens the blinds and he goes, hey, they're in here. And they figure out how to open the thi- open the door. And he goes in there and he's talking to the doctor. And the doctor like kind of wakes up and he goes, it worked. <laughs> and uh, it's like, I my note here is, so we're not going to get an explanation as to what just happened, are we? No, and he, he just says, oh, it's a trick I picked up from a Tibetan monk. And that's literally the only explanation we get. That is, that is. Now, I want to give, this is a very tiny thing, but right in this scene, I want to give props to continuity because, right, so the Doctor and Sarah Jane are in this room where the air is being sucked out. So it's creating a vacuum. And Benton and Soldier Number One are, uh, they're trying to get the door open and they can't at first. Then one of them goes and they tweak the valves, right? So they basically the air back in and then the door can open which i thought was terrific because that's what would happen if you were starting to create a vacuum in a sealed room that that's going to be holding the door closed and so that was just a tiny observation but a nice bit of continuity from my point of view yeah that's that's um i mean that's how it should be so right <laughs> they physics did, i mean they they you know that was explained through you know plot and stuff but uh we didn't get an explanation as to what in the world the doctor did to sarah jane yeah I, uh, <laughs> and then he was like he was like don't touch her and so i i mean i have no i don't know i don't know <laughs> i literally don't when, know when in doubt just chalk it up to a tibetan monk those guys can do just about anything i mean i guess it sounds like it <laughs> So this is where um, we we go back onto the ship. We have Harry and some Zygons, and they're like, hey, uh, we need to use you for something. Come here. And He's <laughs> like, what? what? Yeah, they take a, a picture? Yeah. Are we going to take a group photo? Hold on. Ah, 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 and they bring him to this room, and we see all these like humans in these pods. We can't see their faces. And um, this is the first time we hear about body. We need your body print. Yes. So they, they're like, hey, see this guy? Now I'm going to morph into him. And so th- these graphics, I believe it just blurs, right? It blurs. It, it, it blurs. It gets a little metamorphosizing. I mean, it's, it's, it's about as best as they could do for... 40 years before uh well i mean if we the episodes we just watched if we jump ahead i actually think the second one was better than the first one when the the nurse turns into the zygon yes i mean spoiler i'm sure if you see the episode which you i hope would have seen that (laughs) one that one compared to to this one that one was so much better. It looked. I yeah. was like so impressed with that for being yeah. seventy five. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I will completely agree with you there. And and I would be very curious if there's anybody out there who listens to our episodes and then goes away and watches. I hope they don't do that. I don't know. I'd be curious. 
If you do that, let me know. I mean, if you do that, it's fine. Either way, you're listening to us, so that's great. And we enjoy that. <laughs> we do. Thank you. So he's like, hey, look, I'm going to turn into this guy, and now we're, now we're going to do that with you. Okay, so get in that pod so I can turn into you. And <laughs> we get Zygon Harry, who uh, yeah. goes back to the base, and Sarah Jane's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, oh, yeah, hey, give me that thing. Oh, because there's this little yes, we should probably mention that <laughs> there's some weird. There's yeah, there's like a little trans transceiver kind of thing. It almost looks like I guess I would say like a tiny um, oil filter. That's OK. I was going to go with like like if you had like a really big mushroom and you took the cap off the mushroom, you just. Have yes, to that's actually better. Yeah. Yeah, so it looks it looks like that, and we're not really sure what it does, but we found it, so... So it must do something. Yeah, so it must do something. We just don't know what yet. <laughs> and he's like, hey, give me, give me that thing. And she's like, what? Where have you been? And he's like, uh. <laughs> and he just takes it, and he knocks her over and, like, runs away. And she goes to, yes. like, chase after him. And she goes and and smartly so goes and gets unit soldiers and says, hey, I found Harry. He's I don't know what's going on with him. We got to get him. So (laughs) they go to look for him and we go into this barn and he's like, uh, is he turning back into his Igon? Is that what I'm led to believe? No. Or he's just like hanging out. He he's hanging out. He's trying to hide. And Sarah Jane I almost, as I was watching this, going, okay, she needs to have a reason to go into that barn. Yeah, she's not just going to think to go into that barn. I would have kept running. Yeah, you know, I would have kept going. And then obviously there's a noise, and she's like, "Oh, I better go in there." And I'm like, "All right, good." And there are, well, one are some really crazy camera angles. Yes, in this scene, but obviously Zygon Harry is trying to, you know keep Sarah Jane away because she just asks too many questions and he can't come up with answers fast enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's like stabbing at her with a pitchfork trying, yeah. to, you know, either a kill her or B at least make her go away. Yeah. And, and yeah, in that loses his balance, falls off the like hayloft <laughs> and upon hitting not the ground, he lands on like some piece of equipment or something. Yeah, it almost looked like um uh I don't know. I don't know what it looked like. It had like a wheels on it and it almost looked like something you put on an ox. I don't know. Like a plow or yes. some sort of thing. Yes. It looked like a piece of farm equipment. Let's yes. keep it nice and vague. And upon hitting that, um either is is knocked out or killed. I'm pretty sure he dies. Yes. And in such reverts back to his Zygon form. Yes, and Sarah Jane's like, I better go get these dudes so they can see this crazy alien that I just found. Yep. And the Zygons, I guess they uh, they teleport him or just like they oh, dissolve no. him. They dissolve him. Which and is, I, I, I seem to remember them doing that in the in the more modern Zygon stories too. Did they really? I'm pretty sure. I feel like if you have this power. Is it just you have this? It's just over regular Zygons. Like you can't just like start dissolving people. Probably yes, I not. Think it's, 
Oh, well, because, you know, we have the organic technology and all that stuff. All right. Right. Fair enough, show. Fair enough. So we, we figure out, she goes, you know, to get, she's like, hey, we got to go come see this alien. And the alien's gone. And she's like, I swear. And it's like, okay. <laughs> he was here, really. And we, we meet back up with the doctor. And Sarah Jane's like, you know, this, something's going on. I think we're being watched. Mm-hmm. Because Sarah Jane is super clever. Well, she's a journalist. Yes. She, she figures stuff out. And she was also, I think when um, Zygon Harry came into the room, she was writing a article. I oh, think yeah, was, she totally was. Yeah. Yes. It was, I can't remember. It was about Loch Ness, though. Mm-hmm. And we we find out around this time that, yeah, we're, we're you know, let's go see if we can find if we're being watched or not. And we, I think it's around this time that we find out that the the little uh, device thing that we have that we've we've retrieved actually mm-hmm. um, is it's like a transmitter for the uh, Scarason. Yes. And so the doctor's like, "Well, this thing's probably coming this way." And <laughs> my fa- this is my favorite. This is why the brigadier is the best. He's like, well, this thing's probably coming this way. And the Brigadier says, right, we better go get the machine guns. And I'm like, Brig, you're the greatest person alive. You just really want to use machine guns on this giant monster. Yep. (laughs) You're great. And he's like, no, I've got to get this thing away from here. So the doctor hops in a car. And I guess at one point, like Sarah Sarah Jane says to him, like, "Um, how are you going to outrun it or something? And he, he says, like, I'm fast or I can't remember exactly what it is. And no joke, the doctor can he's running pretty fast at one point when the when the monster gets up on him. Well, yeah, I, I've got a note on this. And it, I think the line is like, how fast can you move, doctor? Um, and it, yes. it's like, oh, oh, you, you took a Land Rover. OK, well, that's that. <laughs> oh, and it broke down. Oh, but yes. no, actually, you're running pretty fast now. Yeah, he was he was running very fast. I was um, which is something we don't really get i mean of course we always get the running someone is always yeah. running Indeed. but we don't get like he was he was running at like an olympic level speed i feel I, it really seemed that way in this scene and i was like okay you are in like you know wool pants a long shirt a vest a jacket a scarf wrapped around your <laughs> neck and i how are you not tripping over this oh man all that hair and that hat he has just got to be a ball of sweat. Yes. After all this, I mean, I feel for the guy. And I feel like at the the this episode ends with uh, the the monster is about to get the doctor, basically. Yes, and and the little little transponder thing is because because of course because oh it's like stuck to his hand. Yes, which I also sure thought was that? yeah was a very interesting yeah because he's trying to just huck it. Yeah. But he can't because it like lodges onto his hand like it sucks onto his hand. And I was like, oh, because I, you know, I forgot about the organic technology. So, of course, like if some they can just program it or tell it to be like, hey, don't let this dude throw you. Well, and if I remember right, he kind of has a bit of a cartoon moment where he's like flinging his hand around. trying Yes. To, like, off and it's not budging. No, not at all. Yes, he was. He was indeed doing that. That was pretty funny. So that that ends part two and into part three and we are um the doctor gets away naturally he he does but 
the 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 attack is, as my note says, hilarious. <laughs> I mean, this is some really Ray Harryhausen level kind of animation, <laughs> very kind of stop motion. Yes, Flash of the Titans looking stuff here. Yeah, I mean, uh, they they did what they could, I guess. Oh, they did, and you know what? It was a delight to watch anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, and now we are um we're looking for bugs in all the right places. Oh, looking nice. for bugs. Nice. That was my um. If you get that the was, song reference, that was, dude. My hat's off to you. Thank you. I like that. And so we're ba- we're back in um where um Angus is, and we're trying yes. to we're trying to look for bugs in this deer head, and he's like, "Don't touch the deer head." So it kind of led me to believe that maybe he was he didn't he was a Zygon, but he like didn't like hate humans and want to like enslave us and stuff. He was just chilling. He you mm-hmm. know he just kind of liked hanging out and doing stuff. But um, <laughs> the eyes on the deer head when they move, I laughed oh, so hard. God, yes. Because I'm like, okay, nobody in this room noticed that before. That <laughs> just is... these wandering deer eyes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was so good. You know what, John? I gotta ask: Have you ever seen a film called Murder by Death? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, it was made round about 1982, I think. It has a fantastic cast, um, like uh, uh, Maggie Smith, who is in the Harry Potter films. Okay. She's in it. Uh, Peter Falk, who played Columbo, he's in it. Um, uh, just a magnificent cast, and there is Peter Sellers is in it too. Um, there are are multiple scenes where we have like somebody watching somebody else through a painting, and you get these kind of eyes moving, kind of much <laughs> like you did with the deer head. Yes, um, it is available on DVD, ladies and gentlemen. If you've never seen it, please, my gosh, I grew up with this movie. It is a legend in our family. I highly recommend murder by death go find it go watch it you'll thank me later i will i will i will watch this movie sounds it's, sounds like a, a good time it's a little goofy a little hokey but it's totally enjoyable for a, an almost 40 year old movie it's so good <laughs> um anyway sorry so back i on track here. i feel like we go to um we go to the castle don't we yeah we go to the castle and we are talking to what well, what is his name this is going to drive uh, me crazy Lord, Lord Puffin stuff or something. I'm not sure, actually. The Lord of the Land. We go and we talk That's to him. Very Lord of the Land. And we're like, the doctor basically says, hey, uh, the Loch Ness Monster's a real thing. The aliens are pretty real, too. Um, we need to... I'm not actually sure why they go there. Do they need to do research? And he just has all the books on everything? It. You know what? It could... I, I think that's part of it, at least. And... What's funny is he's got, you know, as they describe, like this entire wall of books dedicated to the Loch Ness Monster. He himself doesn't believe in the Loch Ness Monster and finds the Loch Ness Monster more probable than aliens. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I guess. And I'm like, okay, then why do you have what they say is that many books about it? Maybe he he doesn't want the books but he does also doesn't want to get rid of them because it's literature um okay or i mean i'll give you that but but the thing is this isn't the actual lord of the land as we are calling him well okay yes i mean we don't know that right now but 
we kind actually I think at this point we do know that because we see all the bodies and we see the suit. Well, yes, we the, we the viewers have seen that. Yes. Yes. Team Tardis hasn't seen it yet. No, no, no. They have not. But can I can I just say in in this scene because where we have stuff like, you know, uh you know, the brigadier and, and the doctor interacting and, and the doctor doing all this questioning, which is some of my favorite of his stuff. Can I just say that Tom Baker's eye expressions are <laughs> a national effing treasure? Yes, they are. And in they this... They are go ahead. just fantastic. No, yeah, no, no, you're fine. Go ahead. They're so, they're so good. And in this scene, um, the... And I looked, I looked the name up. The Duke of Forgill. Thank you, Forgill. That was it. He says to the doctor, and you believe in this nonsense? And the doctor says, I am not a party to any kind of nonsense, and then proceeds to put his hat on a suit of armor. Yes, yes. It's very good. Uh, I swear the writing was just so deliciously subtle. Yes, it was very good. And, the, and especially in this episode, like we, we get, I, as I said earlier with... Um, Angus and Sarah Jane Smith when she's trying to crack jokes and he's just having none of it and she's mm-hmm. like like oh I made a funny joke oh it's just kind of like oh I didn't make a funny joke apparently just, just how yeah. it was acted was also fantastic yes yes and it's around this time that we see the nurse turn into the Zygon because she's she's been sent there to um to stop because uh, Angus finds you know he sees the eyes so He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, they send her to go like stop him. And that's when he, when she turns into the Zygon. And it's like kind of a reddish light surrounds her. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of morphs into the outline, like a reddish black. And then the, the Zygon's there. And I was like, yes, that was fantastic. Yeah, that, that, was, that was really good. And um, unfortunately, Angus is killed. And... Apparently, they just took stills of him in his dead horror for a little while because we saw his face a couple more times. Yeah, I I swear, I swear at one point when they cut to him on the ground with his expression, I swear I see his chest move just a tiny bit. <laughs> I mean, just probably. Saying. It probably happened. I'm pretty sure I see it move. And Unit is, they run into the forest and they are like, we better find who killed angus here and we see the zygon running through the forest and it is like the funniest thing ever and for i feel like there was like six of them they were all just unloading on the the area where the zygon was um totally were and they're all looking around they're trying to find find this zygon and then we see the nurse again and she has blood all over her arm Yep. And she says, I've been told someone has been injured. And she's just (laughs) bleeding all over the place. I know. I thought that was really funny. And the the unit soldier's like, hey, you got blood all over your... And then gets a rock to the back of his head for his troubles. He does not die, though, we find out. No, that's true. That was just not unconscious. That was also one of the weakest rock hits I've ever seen. Um, Yeah, on par with... Um, oh my gosh, the, the guy who was guarding the site in, 
what episode was it? Oh my god, Cybermen. Was it the Cybermen? Tomb of the Cybermen. Um, no, 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 no. More current than that. It was. Um, oh god, it had the. Who was the doctor in it? I'm trying to remember. Oh boy. It was color. I know that much. It <laughs> might have been Tom Baker. It might have been Pyramids of Mars. Was it Pyramids of Mars? Yes. Where they were doing the digging and they were televising it? Yes. And there was the dude who had the guard the gate and he was kind of like <laughs> yeah, taken over and he's just like, I'm going to hit you with this rod. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's right. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, We've that's fine. We've done so many episodes at this point. I know. We're, um, we're getting up there. We are. And... Um, <laughs> So Sarah Jane stays back in, and I I don't even it the the weird part about this is we know that the Duke is a Zygon, and he's just like yeah chill in this room by yourself. Oh, and we see the the bearded dude comes back, and yep. I think he gets her a step stool. Can and then I just she- say the most amazing? effing step stool i have ever seen in my life i had to rewind it because i was like what is he bringing in like what is this i thought he was gonna play the bagpipes or something like (laughs) i had no idea what was going on yeah it was a very cool step stool that was unbelievable and as he leaves she sticks her tongue out at him which i thought was very funny totally and she's like, all right, I'm going to go look at these books and the first book she pulls opens the secret passageway what are the odds Come on. And what are the, the odds? The other thing is they left her in this room by herself with the possibility that she would pull this book. But look how many books there were. Really, what were the odds? I, I Yes, I, I 100% agree. <laughs> what were the odds? One in one, apparently. <laughs> apparently. And she, you know, she goes into this. Um, I did like her hesitation with the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it, it slides open, so she assumes someone is coming through, so she goes to hide, but then the door closes. Oh, right, as she goes further in. Yes, it's it's. I mean, it's like a child finding a uh, uh, an automatic door with an yes. electric eye for the first time. It was like, oh, it's opening, run away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm doing that. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, that was pretty great. And um, I, the music during the scene was great, too. It was very, like... Um, I don't know how to describe it, but it just had a, a very like ominous feel to it, like almost like we were snooping around kind of feel. I don't I don't know how to how to explain it, but um, she finds the uh the room where all the people are being held with for uh, body printing. Yes, and I think at this point, uh, we forgot to mention that since um Zygon Harry died, they just move him to like a cell. Because they're like, apparently we have no more use for you, which makes no sense. Completely. And they all escape, or no? I think I think it's just Harry and um, Sarah Jane. They run back up. Yes, at first, yes. And the doctor and I think it's Brigadier mm-hmm. are up there, and they they go up there, and uh, the doctor's kind of skeptical. He's like, I don't I don't know uh, if you guys are actually who you say you are, but I'm gonna go in there anyway. And he's in there for like two seconds, and then we hear his scream. No, yes. <laughs> and then Broton and his homies come out, and they're like, Hey, we got the doctor. Uh, see you later. And then they just leave. Well, and I thought it was um, it was. Another one of those things that I noticed is at one point I think Broton says of of Sarah Jane that you know the girl must be found and destroyed and I'm like okay wait a second wait, 
why are we saying destroyed instead of killed? You know like, what? That was actually is it a not note. not just enough to kill her, or we just have to completely obliterate her? Well, I also wonder if, because um, I guess we're still aiming this show towards children, if maybe, like, killing, I bet you there's some, like, um, standards and okay. practices in there somewhere, instead of, like, we have to kill her. We have to destroy her. So it's I don't know. Okay. Okay. No. 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 I, I get where I get where you're going with that, and that does make sense. It's like okay, you're you're an alien. You wouldn't just say kill. You would say destroy. Yes. Uh, because we can't really say kill because we got a bunch of six year olds watching this and yeah, or something. And yeah, no, that makes total sense. I that's a very good point. So that could be why. So they take the doctor and they're like, we're gonna take off. We're gonna you know, get out of here. Cause I guess we also find out that they've been here for a while. It's been a few centuries. Yeah. They've been hanging and, out. And they don't, again, kind of like the modern Zygon story. They don't realize just how horribly outnumbered they are. Yes. <laughs> Even if they have like sent a message to all their, you know, Zygon bros out in space to, Hey, let's meet up here and, and rumble with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> we'll snap fingers and dance around. So uh, the Brig has taken it upon himself to start with depth charges to try and stop them, and the doctor says, sounds like the Brigadier, which I thought was very (laughs) funny. Yes. And this is where we were talking about earlier all the budget going towards stuff. Um, Where do you think they got this footage of of this stuff blowing up in a lake? Do you think that they actually got to blow this stuff up, or is that like some B-roll? No, I would I would venture to say that they probably actually went and placed some underwater charges. I don't think it was like, you know, legit, uh, you know, military grade depth charges. But I know, you know, lots of shows have, have done that kind of thing. I mean, I've seen this kind of stuff on Mythbusters where they, they blow something up, they blow it up in the water. And you don't need a lot of explosive to throw a bunch of water up in the air. Yeah. Um, so I would venture to say that they probably, you know, the production team probably did that themselves. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was just wondering, cause it, 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 it almost seemed like B roll because we didn't have any of the characters in it. And I feel Understood. like maybe uh, we, we seemed like we could have filmed far enough away, to, but you know, maybe they only, they don't want people in the shot. Because they mm-hmm. only get one take at blowing stuff up, right? So yeah, that's got to be it. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes total sense, actually. So we we move into the final part, and uh, man, that ship is noisy, right? No wonder they so didn't much... leave before, because everyone would have noticed. Well, yeah, and so much for all these reports of like silent UFOs that you hear about. Oh, it just oh my hovered God. over. It yeah. made no noise at all. It clearly was not Zygons then, because their ship, like. I don't know if that thing had whistle tips on it or uh, <laughs> it had they something. Left handbrake on it. There was just a lot of like screechy oh. sound effects happening throughout this entire serial. You know what I think it was? I think it's because it had been underwater so long. Ah, uh, yes, that could be it. it and, and you know, if, if the brakes are on, there's probably just squealing. It was it was like an air conditioning belt. Yes. It yes. was loose. It was wet. There was moisture. It was just squealing like crazy. My Ugh. car does that when it's cold out. Oh, boy. Yeah, I need to fix that. Maybe it's a Zygon ship, and you just don't know. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> it, is a, it is a Z, 
Oh, why? Oh, my goodness. It's a 300ZX. Oh, oh, my God. I have a Zygon car. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Just got to figure out how to, time, or how to travel through space now, I guess. Well, I it's it's the controls aren't very like wet mushroom like though. That's the It's true. That's very true. I'll have hmm. to look into that. Anyway. So uh human labor and Zygon tech equals a great Broton plan. We find out that's the plan that Great plan bro. Great plan bro. Uh he tells the doctor this as the doctor is locked away in some weird room and it's it's I had to watch this scene a couple of times because I thought maybe that the the doctor had explained something a little more. Um, but I keep forgetting about the organic technology. So the the doctor at this point, he rigs some organic technology in his cell and he sends a transmission to um, the Brigadier and Company, um, which is basically just him screaming. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, that is, that is kind of weird. And it's kind of funny because the, um, the Zygon ship, I think the, the basic shape of it reminded me, at least in some ways of the Jaggeroth ship. It's, it's yeah. not, it's not very ship like when you would think of a ship, it's like a main central shape and here are these legs coming off it. Yes. Um, but yeah. And, and throughout that whole scene as the doctor is kind of like, manipulating the organic tech before he sends his message. I mean, he does such a great job of asking questions and being cheeky mm-hmm. and being actually really kind of condescending. Yes. As he does. Uh, as he does so well. Um, but boy, he does kind of have a bit of a gentle touch with those tentacles. Um, <laughs> so my um, question is, so he, yes. so he, he seemingly dies and Broton and other Zygon go into the, the cell, and to uh, confirm he's dead, we just kick him once. Yeah. And did you notice, <laughs> and I thought this is so funny, the giant Asiago bagel that was sta- sitting next to the doctor as he was on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is that? That's his lunch. I was like, that uh, is the biggest bagel I've ever seen. Oh so I guess what I guess we could assume is because he grabs some sort of um, organic tech and then touches another part to do the transmission. I just assume that's what happened to one side of it. Sure. It I guess into a bagel. it turned into a giant Asiago bagel. I couldn't tell if it was toasted or not, but I, you know, after a zap like that, it might be. <laughs> So um, they just leave the door open. They're like, well, he must be dead. He can't go anywhere. And then he's like, exactly. he's like, oh, I'm alive. Like, even he was not expecting. Well, he had said something before, like, oh, I wonder if this is fatal. <laughs> oh, well. And just does it anyway. Right. And he uh, frees all the people. And um, then the doctor gets his hands on some of these uh, Zygon controls yeah, and he turns and he points at this very big thing. He goes, "Look, a self destructor." Really? Well, I assume what what <laughs> obviously he was being sarcastic. Are, you think? I think I he. Don't know. I think honestly, what he did was because he, he probably doesn't know how the controls work. He's probably just touching a bunch of buttons and thought he'd overload the system so it would explode. Gosh, that is such a better explanation than like the Doctor Doofenshmirtz level. 
kind of stuff that I'm used to where, hey, we're going to build this amazing thing. Let's build a self-destruct button with it while we're at it. <laughs> I feel that's yeah. like what he did. He's just like, oh, do you know what this is? This is a self-destruct thing. When in actuality, it was just controls that he was just like, I'm going to touch a bunch of buttons and hopefully this screws everything up. That You know what? I really hope that that's right. And um, it worked. It exploded real yes. good. It exploded real good in a disused quarry. A quarry on Doctor Who? I've never seen such a thing. My goodness, what a time. <laughs> and I was a little I was a little disappointed that, that we we don't get the Briggs saying five rounds rapid. Yeah, that didn't happen. I in was this. a little just no, I was bummed. And I feel like this was his was this his last episode as a regular, kind of? Oh I'm not sure. I didn't see that anywhere in the notes that I researched. You feel like they'd let him say it once before the end. You'd, yeah, you'd think. Oh, well. Um, so Broton's still, you know, trying to make his master plan happen. And he's like, I don't know, he's in somebody's basement or something. Uh, <laughs> and the doctor goes to find him. And they have, like, this weird fight. And Broton is, like, making these weird, like, throwing up noises kind of. They just sounded like very weird, and I was like, "All right, calm down." Well, and 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 what what they were doing is they were trying to get the Scarison up to London to where this meeting of like you know the heads of the energy, not companies, but you know the different like, right yeah. heads of energy for different countries. Yeah, were all meeting, and they were going to have the monster attack and destroy and kill all of those people. Now that's where this basement thing is. It's in this building. <laughs> And I so the doctor gets the device away from Broton, and I believe Broton is shot to death. Yes. Um, good old unit. Very, very much shot to death. And the, the doctor's on, like, this balcony of this giant building, and we see uh, the Loch Ness Monster, basically. <laughs> and yep. he's like, hey, what's up again? And the doctor just hucks this thing towards the... I guess towards the towards the sea, he just hucks it towards the sea, and yeah. um, you just hear like the monsters like and starts walking, and then you just hear pure terror throughout the city. <laughs> yeah, nothing but screams. And the, the doctor's like, "I did a great job." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, someone surely died. Someone had to have died. I'm sure. And he was just like, "Yeah, that's fine. Whatever." <laughs> acceptable losses and then they go where where's where's it going and he's going back to the only home it knew Loch Ness and I'm like yeah let's tie it back together with some history well not history maybe we don't know yeah so um I think the brig asks where where is the monster going and we find out that it's headed back to Loch Ness which is the only home it knows yes and that's awesome we enjoy that because that ties in with uh I guess history or a myth, <laughs> or whatever. Crypto history. Yeah. And, um, oh, hey, the TARDIS. There it is. Yep. And we walk back to the TARDIS, and the doctor's like, hey, who's coming with me? And everyone kind of seems like, nah, we're good, but Sarah Jane's like, all right, I'll go. And it's just like the weirdest send-off for a character. It totally <laughs> is. It is. It's the most anticlimactic. He's like, nah, I'm going to stick around. Yeah, I'm just going to hang uh, out. Go, go, go develop some stuff that's going to kill Zygons. <laughs> All right, bye. And they're like, oh, yeah. cool. And, of yeah, course, no, Sarah Jane. No, 
I think Sarah Jane says, all right, only if we go to London right away. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely where we're going. So that's <laughs> not where they're going at all. Um, nope. So, yeah, and that is uh, Terror of the Zygon. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did, too. And and, and you notice we, we also end with a, a jab at the uh, uh, the, 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 the not spend thriftiness, because that actually means you are spendy. But they get, <laughs> they get a jab at the... the scott's one last time oh yes at the very end of the episode i was like I really have to do that <laughs> you really have to do that apparently so but it yes this 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 was fun to watch i've i've not seen this episode in quite some time so this was great to come back to now i had never seen this episode but um okay. next time uh it was oh, it was oh, your oh. turn to pick and i have i think i tried to make it through this episode so um why don't you tell the people what we will be listening or what they will be uh, listening to us uh, review next time. Yeah, because if if you guys are brave enough to watch this next one, I will. Um, I don't know. I'll buy you a donut if I meet you. Oh. Um. I I've never said it would be a fancy donut. It would be a donut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I. It would have been very easy for me just to be like, oh, let's grab an episode that I know that I like and the one that I'm familiar with, and I'm like, no, nah, I really I want to challenge myself watch some episodes that either I haven't seen in God knows how long. Um, ones that I wouldn't think to be like, yeah, let's pick this. So I was thinking, okay, Colin Baker's kind of my not so favorite doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that opinion is changing a little bit. And I bet if I heard some of the big finish audios, that would change a bit too. And so I was sitting there the other morning trying to figure out, okay, well, what, what should we watch? There's, actually not a whole lot because we can't sit for 14 hours worth of trial of a time lord no that would <laughs> that would be something that we would probably need to do in-house together and have lots of beers for yes um so i came across a story that was voted the worst doctor who story in multiple polls oh boy i just won multiple <laughs> it is Colin Baker's first episode as the Doctor, The Twin Dilemma, oh boy. starring, surprisingly, Colin Baker as the Doctor, Nicola Bryant as Perry, or as John's impersonation of Perry. <laughs> doctor! Thank you! <laughs> it was written by Anthony Stephen and directed by Peter. I'm no relation to that Stephen guy, Moffat. Okay, um, I am very... Um, I'm interested to tackle this because <laughs> if I remember those twins were real boring. Um, oh boy. Yeah. I'm ready for this though. Okay, good. I, I feel good. like this will, um, maybe we'll break our string of, uh, I liked it. <laughs> I, I, we might. We'll see. I mean, maybe we'll find something, some good stuff in this. Hopefully, if nothing else, we can give it the sleep no more spin. Yes, which is still As my I'm, uh, I'm still very proud of that episode. I am, too. That's like one of my I'm like, yeah, we did a good job trying to make um, something good out of something real bad. Yes. All right. So that is it for us this week. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Uh, just search the Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at Team Hate, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at Apex Buddha. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Just search the Podcastica. Look for the Gallifrey in Writing and rate and review us as well. 
Huge shout out to the Y Axes. They do our music. You can find them on theyaxes.bandcamp.com. They're also on Spotify. And head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and buy one of our Podcastica shirts. They have a fantastic design done by my friend Rachel. And you should all own one because they're great. And that is it for us this week. So join us next time as we try to make it through the twin dilemma. And uh, we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. Perfect. Hot damn. The departure of Harry while Sarah Jane Smith remains with the Doctor marks one of only two in, incontrovertible. Oh, oh my incontrovertible incontrovertible times. Oh boy, nope, you're gonna do this one. <laughs> oh my goodness.